This is The Rundown, presented by The Runner Washington. Featuring Alex McIntyre and Kyle Paulson. Now, here is your host, the runner Washington himself, Keenan Gray. Welcome to another episode of The Rundown here on the RunnerWa website, www.therunnerwa.com. Your home for high school cross country and track field here in the state of Washington. Keenan Gray, Kyle Paulson, no Alex McIntyre today for all those Alex McIntyre fans out there. You can cry your sorrows, you can get over it. We're upset too, so we're all in the same boat. But the show must go on and we got a lot to talk about. This last weekend was just nuts when you're talking about cross country, track and field. It was going all over the place from the NCAA level to the high school level. It, it was just, it was a phenomenal weekend. Kyle, how awesome do you think to be a fan of the sport? This was just such an exciting weekend for everybody. There's too much to keep track of between high school running, uh, indoor championships for NCAA, outdoor championships for NCAA D1. Uh, just super exciting from top to bottom. We got all sorts of stuff to talk today. We're going to obviously talk about NCAA cross-country championships. Uh, the amazing, amazing performance by Lake Stevens grad Taylor Rowe in the women's race in the 6K, finishing second overall at the NCAA Division One cross-country championships, five seconds behind Mercy Chilanga of Alabama. An incredible race. And on the guy side, you had the Gonzaga men making their debut at the national level. Wasn't the greatest of races that they wanted, um, but it's their first. They got it over with, and it's a proud, it's proud to be a Zag. And I can say that just being a student here, it was, it was awesome just to see those guys out there running. And then, of course, you got the University of Washington squads running, and then uh, Aaron Mullins of WSU. We'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more as we go along. But we'll also talk about the week six recap of high school cross country that went down. I mean, Plenty went down and a lot of fast times. Again, we, we're not surprised. Oh, we were, were surprised at the beginning of the year, but now we're just, just like it's expected now to see these fast times because you guys continue to impress us. And then we're going to talk about a new thing that the Washington State Cross Country Coaches Association put into plan this year, and that's a virtual state meet. We'll talk about that and get, get give you guys our perspective on it. And Kyle says he's he's got some thoughts on this and We'll hear from him momentarily, but I want to start off with NCAA cross-country stuff. I've already mentioned it. Taylor Rowe, a phenomenal, phenomenal race she had. Um, Kyle, when you saw her race and the way she did and the determination she showed out there, it was incredible. It truly was incredible to watch. Yeah, what a phenomenal performance. We talked about this a bit last week where we guaranteed that Oklahoma State, they knew that they were going to host the the meet. So they did every single workout on that course guarantee. And it showed with her, she just absolutely dominated. She just ran a super smart race. I wasn't able to watch it live like you, but I was keeping up with the live splits and 
you know, she's just super smart, conservative at the beginning, like it should be with a longer race, like a 6K, and then dominated. I, I was hoping she would get the Alabama gal, but she was just uh, better on the day. So super exciting to see a Washington athlete represent on a big stage like that. Super promising career for her. It was truly incredible. I mean, we, we've we been blessed and spoiled to watch her win so many state championships of her own. So to get that close to win a national championship, it's it's in the future for her. It's not that far away that Taylor Rowe is going to be a national champion, whether that's going to be in indoor, outdoor track, or in cross country. She proved that she belongs at the national stage and that she can compete with some of the best in the entire country. Oh, hands, hands down. I mean, that's just such a, we knew, I mean, we both talked about it last week. We knew she would do well, but, you know, I was not thinking runner up. That's just awesome. And the women, and on the, still talking about the women's side, uh, the University of Washington placed 13th overall. A couple of Washingtonians ran in that race, Naomi Smith, uh, Camila David Smith, Andrea Markezich. Again, we were represented well. And even Georgetown's Sammy Corman, uh, Portland Pilots, Stella Gilman, Emma Jenkins. We were represented well on the women's side, and they did a phenomenal job. Christian Garcia from Gonzaga. Switching gears to the men's side, uh, talking about the Oklahoma State Cowboys, yes, it's not Washington, but their head coach is from Tumwater and had a great career at Tumwater, and now he's can say he's the third-place coach of this Oklahoma State Cowboys team that also had Jonas Price on their team as he was their sixth runner in in a hole when between the women's and men's race, it was a great day to be a Washington person just to see the accomplishment everyone did. Yeah, fun fun fact. So Dave Smith and um, is it Greg Metcalf, UW coach? They were the same grade at Tumwater High School, I believe, is where they went. And then a couple grades below them was uh, head coach Kamaika Matthew Rexis. So I believe I believe Metcalf was afraid of though. Which is in the yep. same general, or not, Are not they? same general area, but um, same classification as Tumwater was. Oh, okay. You afraid of them? I thought they yeah. went to the same school, but maybe they were the, just the same grade. I, maybe I heard wrong. I think they were probably the same grade because when Metcalf was running, that was the same area era my mom was running, and she had heard of him, and I believe he he might have won the two A title, or was in the top three at least for two A. But that's a going off a, a different tangent <laughs> uh, just yeah like i said going off a tangent there uh it was just really cool just to see like i said dave smith washington guy leading this oklahoma state cowboys team who was actually really really good they just happened to be running in the same race as northern arizona and notre dame that day in which uh northern arizona those guys are good especially nico young they're just phenomenal race i mean byu is ranked one going into the race and I think it was like their fifth runner scored as many points for their team as the entire Northern Arizona team combined. So, you know, just phenomenal, phenomenal performance. I mean, it truly was a really tough course. I mean, you look at it and when I talked with coach Pat Tyson from Gonzaga the other day said, that's the toughest course in America. I believe it. You, you look at how tired these kids are after finishing across the line I was, I was more so focusing on Gonzaga because I had to cover it for our school's newspaper. Yasin Germali came through his first 5K in 1444, finished the race in like 31-something. So you can tell how 
the second half of the race, how brutal it is to do those laps again on, I believe it was a either 3K or 2K loops or something like that. But either way, I mean, very challenging course. Yeah, just especially you had all those hills and you make it a 10K race. You know, it could be flat as a pancake and 10K is still going to be rough on the body. So even throwing handful of hills like that course has it's it's brutal so and when the, i think the leaders open up with like a what 14 low 1420s so that was just impressive but you could definitely see them wearing down at the end a lot of a lot of carnage a lot of bodies on the ground at the end of the race so not too surprising on a difficult course course like that and then connor mance just gutted it out i mean he ran phenomenal and get this he's the first american to win the national meet since 2008 guess who was the last american to win it at the collegiate level and back in 2008 let me think let me think 2008 it wouldn't have been galen rupp it was galen rupp was galen rupp okay okay yep galen rupp was the last one to win the national cross-country title uh gutsy performance by connor mance i mean byu refers when he's racing he's in the mance zone the dude was in the man zone for sure, and he, and he proved it out there and won his first national title. Good for him. Um, I think he's also like what a sophomore, or a junior, and he's like twenty four years old, which is super promising for BYU bringing back that level of talent in the next couple of years. So, yeah, I'm sure they didn't. Their team didn't have the race that they wanted, but they they have the caliber to just reload and do a low stick like that. They'll probably be back on the podium here in the next couple of years. Switching gears now to back to the high school cross-country piece. Before we talk about the week six recap, I want to talk about this Washington State Cross-Country Coaches Association virtual state meet. Obviously, no state meet this year, nothing in Pasco. Uh, but the Coaches Association is, has, has put something together, an opportunity for these kids to go race a 5K. Now, I would assume it's probably going to be a 5K in the track because if it were to be on the cross-country course or any trail in Washington – it's not going to be the same and you can't compare it whatsoever. So the only way to compare times is run this on the track. Thoughts on this, Kyle? Yeah, exactly. The, the emails they've been sending out have been saying you need a photo of all the runners at the start and at the finish. Um, maybe even a video just to authorize it. Um, but, you know, it's better than nothing. I mean, virtual races were a huge thing last year. I mean, Nike Cross Nationals did something similar uh, last year with that. So, again, better than nothing, it'd be fun to compare. I mean, everyone can do it. Any WIAA participating team can hop on the track, run a 5K, and submit their time. So, it's great to see how everyone will stack together. I mean, we plan to do it. What's nice is they give you, like, I think, like a two- or three-week window to do it from when your season ends. So it's not like we all need to do it on the same weekend. You can pick a day where, look at the weather, pick a day you want and do it. I'm not sure what day we plan to do it just because I mean, track starts next week. So um, we'll have track races here pretty soon. So we'll probably have like a Thursday meet and then do the 5K on a, on a Saturday. Who knows? Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, we know these kids are running really well right now and they're running really well on some challenging courses, um, some not so challenging courses, but I'd be curious to see, see, this is where I wish the 5k potentially could be a high school event 
for everybody. I'm just curious to see what high schoolers could throw down in a 5K race because if they're, if they're going to run that at the collegiate level, because um, they don't have a 3,200, and the only thing that's close to a 3,200 is the 3,000 steeplechase. So why not throw kids down the track? And I get it probably for time purposes, like they, we'd be all, there all day waiting for it to finish. But I'd just be curious to see if, if like the 5K could be an actual high school event here in Washington. I would prefer to see a four by 800 over a 5k. I think a relay like that, they have the four by 800 relay in other States. And I've seen some videos and it just causes, it's almost, it's almost as fun as the four by four, just so much drama building up and those laps. I just, I, I agree. I think there's too much of a, of a time thing. I mean, you can, especially like a, a JV race, maybe if they only made the varsity, but you know, the, there's so many events going on. They don't want to hold up um, a meet for a 25-minute 5K person, I'm sure. So I think, yeah, that might sound rude, but there's no way the coaches association would vote on it because if they could, they'd probably veto having a 3200 because they think it's too long. So, I mean, that's just my two cents. I mean, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what kids throw down the track. I mean, we, we saw some fast stuff um, from your own Isaac Keeples, Ethan Coleman, Bryce Serkinick when they ran on the track this last fall in a, in a low key race. I don't know. It'd be kind of fun just to see that. And it's, it's something unusual that you never really see high schoolers race a 5k on the track uh, only at the national level, if you're competing as an unattached runner. So I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see how fast kids run, or perhaps it, maybe it's the same, amount of time that they would run a regular 5k i mean running 12 lap 12 and yeah 12 laps around the track or no what is it yeah it's 12 and a half laps around the track just mm-hmm. might be mentally daunting for some people so you never know what's what could happen mm-hmm. well they just need to send them to that sunnyside course where uh those guys ran super fast last weekend and that'd be practically like a, a track meet Speaking of Sunnyside, as we move move into our week six recap, I, I want to talk about Reed Weaver, who last year I had no idea who this kid was. In fact, I don't even I've never even heard of Sunnyside up until this year, which is a crime because I'm the guy that knows everything about Washington high school sports, at least in cross country and track. But this kid's legit. I don't care if it's a pancake of a course or not. Or he's running on the track. Fifteen twenty-five is no, or fifteen twenty-eight, I should say, is no joke. And he broke his own school record ten days later after running fifteen fifty-five. Looking at this kid, I, I preached this so much. I wish we had a state meet this year because I want to watch Reed Weaver kill it at the state meet. You know, I will say, you put a fast kid on a fast course, he's going to run. He's going to run fast. Um, I've. Ran on the Sunnyside course a couple times in high school when we, when they used to be in the, when we used to be in the big nine with them. It's a fast course. A bit of it is on pavement, I believe. And, you know, he ran a faster PR than Cooper Quigley and a faster 5K PR than Cooper Quigley. And he lost to Cooper Quigley at the Sun for invite by like 40 seconds or more. So, Again, he's a fast kid, not trying to take anything away. Fast kid, fast course, you're going to run well. I'm sure that's something he's going to be happy to have on his resume as he starts looking, hopefully looking at running in college. Well, and you make a good point about that. I mean, you look at Sunfair, he got third, 
behind Cooper Quigley on a very, very challenging course. So perhaps the, the hills aren't his strength. But let's not discredit the fact that this kid ran a 15-28 for a 5K. Like, that's yeah, that's a great time. That's incredible. And again, I'm not trying to take it away. You put a fast kid on a fast course, you're going to have a lot of fun watching that. So I'm sure he's super stoked. Shoot, I ran 15-22 downhill. I'd call that a great day. So... Yeah, you do that. You fantastic. do that all the time. You you ran. What was your fastest mile downhill? I think I did jump off Joe. I think I did like a four. Oh, I did like a four fifty, like in July of last year. Yeah. So take that. That's fast for you for downhill for an old guy like you. Yeah, for an old. When you're as fat as me, you just gotta use gravity, man. So take it with a grain of salt. But speaking about more fast guys, I want to talk about the race of the week between Kamiak, Kart Mackay, and Jackson's Brendan Charbonneau and Jordan Hanson. We've already talked about how Jackson's duo is very, very talented. I mean, of course, there's all these duos we have in the state of Washington, and these two are running exceptionally well right now because they're just pretty much neck and neck with one another. But they had their first challenge this week against Kart Mackay from Kamiak, who over the COVID season – just been running out of his mind and running really, really well. And had, I think a year ago at this time, or at least during the regular season, if this happened last year in 2019, I think Brandon Sharpino crushes both these guys in this race. Now, Jordan was getting better at the end of the season in 2019, but Carp was nowhere near Brendan, I don't think, or Jordan at the time as he is right now. So this race that Carp had was, it was a pretty big statement by him and a pretty big statement win uh, running 1239 for a 4k beating Hanson and Charbonneau by three seconds. Um, all three of these guys would have been podium finishers, top 10 podium finishers at the 4a state meet this year. I agree hundred percent. Now the photo you use on your website, is that the photo from the meet? Yep. Okay. Cause it almost looks like I don't have a great shot because the feet are blurry, but it almost looks like the two Jackson guys are, wearing trainers um and maybe even the cameo guy or some sort of flat it, it looks like that and actually this photo i i shrunk this photo down just to get these three you look behind them cameo's not that far behind cameo's got a good squad this year and along with jackson as well oh yeah yeah so you know just a phenomenal race i wish i could have you know been there to, to watch like i'm sure most of us but yeah um great duo great times I wonder if they could have gone faster. And what's up with all these 4Ks? I, honestly, I don't around? know. The, the league that Ellensburg and Sela and Prosser, all those schools are doing 4Ks. And I just talked with somebody the other day. I'm asking, why are you guys doing all these 4Ks? Why, why? Well, mm -hmm. we, I, they have no answer for me, um, but they're frustrated too that they're not running any 5Ks. But perhaps maybe they're trying to like – even the training out between track and cross country. I don't know. Maybe this is me making an excuse about that. I mean, perhaps maybe it's, it's a legitimate thing that they're doing that they're not overtraining anybody and make sure they're getting hurt for track. I don't know. Maybe it's like a time thing where they try to get teams in and out as quick as possible. So it's like, let's take off three minutes from each race. Well, I mean, anyways, 4k race, 5k race. I, we have no control over that, but, but going back mm -hmm. to this meet, other than the individual side, these two are tied after five runners. It was tied 28-28 after five runners, and it, it went down the sixth runner. Jackson was on the upper hand in this one. Uh, they had their sixth guy in front of Kamiak's sixth guy, um, but it helps when you have six runners in the top ten. It, it helps it helps a, a ton. Uh, 
for placement wise. And um, like I said, Jackson and Kamiak, they have really good squads. And I think both these teams would have probably made it to the 4A state meet this year. Um, it would have been an interesting battle to see these two in West Co, but also at the district one meet over on, on the West side. But when we talk about teams and I don't think this team has been preached a lot since winning their last state title in 2016. That's the North central boys. When John Knight announced his retirement, I, I had no idea where this program was going to go from here. I didn't know who they were going to hire. I didn't know who was going to be the next man up. And quite honestly, I don't think they could, re- they could replicate what John Knight did. Heck, I don't even think a lot of people could replicate what John Knight did. Probably the only person that could, was Pat Tyson. And Pat Tyson was way before John Knight was. So I guess John Knight is the Pat Tyson of, of our era, of your era, when you were running in high school. Um, but they got, they got somebody. They got uh, Andrew Kimple as their f- head coach, first-year guy. Uh, has been assistant for them for a couple of years. Um, but last week, my goodness, scored a perfect 15 points against Cheney and Mount Spokane on what is really – I've been to this course before up in Cheney, and it's, it's challenging. It's a very, very – challenging course yes there's downhills and you can make up for on the uphills but it is a challenging course and fifteen twenty-five for Leif Swanson is no joke on this course but then you look at this pack they have 22nd spread between their second and fifth guy this is a good team this is a really good team and I think and unfortunately they don't they don't get the opportunity to go to the west side and compete against an Arlington squad that's in the same division as them which is sad because I want to see these two race. I want to see North Central go up against Arlington, but unfortunately we can't have that happen this year. Yeah, definitely. Our motto over at Kamaikin has always been, you know, you can always expect North Central to have the best team in the state. Even when we won those state titles, it's like we still, like, no, we're not legit until we beat North Central. Until we race North Central and beat them, that's when we know we've got a good squad. So, they are the premier powerhouse. They have been for the last almost 15 years now. So I'm always expect for them, no matter who's at helm, to run well. And people may not recognize Kimball's name, but he was, I believe, a state champion back for 3A back in 20, 2008. Um, and he was a part of their national winning squad back in that same year, 2008. So he's a legit runner himself, Wazoo Grand. He's been at the program for a couple of years, like you said, and I guarantee you, he's not going to try, he's not going to introduce any new workouts. <laughs> he's probably just going to do the same thing he did in high school and same thing John Knight's been doing the last couple of years. So you can expect even under a new regime, uh, great things over in North Central. It's a great program. Don't, don't change it if it ain't broke. Is that the same? Exactly. That's the same? I think that's the same. It's, clo- it's close enough. I think. Cl- close Sounds enough. Right. Well, other top performances though that stood out to you on the men's side i mean there were some really good ones i see home zach munson uh, haven't seen him race a ton this year but broke the lake padding course and and you know how tough of a course lake padding is That's racing close. on it yeah it'd be flat because it's around a, a lake but that back oh. stretch is a bunch of hills i hate so if, doing a 10k there yeah so for those that have never ran at lake padding it's a 2.6 mile loop around lake padding um Zach ran a school record time in 1252 for that race, which to give you a perspective on how fast that time is my personal best, which is not very fast. It's like 1450 something might be, might be mid 1440s or something like that. But yeah, that, okay, that's my slow, but in high school. 
But anyways, what stood out for you the most? Um, I mean, obviously, we already spoke about the sunny side guy, Weaver. It was an incredible time. Out of the blue, yeah, now usually when you run a 15-22, you expect, you know, some, I guess here in a 15-51, which is a good heads up. But still, it was absolutely incredible performance by him. Um, Ethan Peterson with the 1602 course record, absolutely phenomenal. He's been on the podcast. Great guy, great runner, hard worker. Um, Daniel Quintana's 1542. Let me see. That's up the top of my head. Um, those are the really great performance. Isaac Peoples ran well, like he does, always does. Um, but yeah. That's about it. Yeah, and, and Newport of Bellevue. Um, I, I'm i high on them still. I praise them a lot at the beginning of the year. I, they're a really good squad. Um, they scored 19 points. And if you look at athletic.net, so their top guy ran like 10 minutes for a two-mile. I want to say their fifth, their spread, 30 seconds. Um, I think it was – I think it's dangerous. I, I, I think it was 30 seconds. Um this the Newport Knights are a really good squad this year, so uh, maybe I'll try to catch a race over there on the west side. But who knows? Um, I, I, again, COVID it sucks. Can't watch these kids race at all. And there's a lot of good teams and a lot of good athletes out there. But switching to the girls' side, performance of the week: Hawkins's Allison Peterson, eighteen oh three point one to win her second consecutive GSHL league title had she won I say this over and over again give us a damn state meet if there was a state meet and she wins it I think she joins the elite company of the, of the some of the best 2A runners she is an incredible talent and just a hard worker um, gifted athlete gifted runner and, and a super nice person too just every time I, I post something about her on the runner wa Instagram page I'm always getting a thank you from her I'm always getting a thank you. We appreciate what you do. And I, and I truly appreciate getting those. Like I, I know I'm making a lot of athletes and kids out there happy to be talking about them and posting about them. But Allison Peterson, she, she, for the first, from the first race of the season after losing to L Thomas, which all of us know L Thomas is, is a good freshman, by the way, she was at the Yakima cross country media champions. I, I didn't realize that until I was looking at results the other day that she, ran at that. And I think she was like 20 or 16th or something like that. So she wasn't even <laughs> that far ahead in that race, but again, another tangent, but Allison Peterson, real deal. Um, just impressed what she's done this season. Oh yeah, um, no, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's why I look, I didn't realize she was, you know, thanking you. That's what you love to see when you got a fantastic athlete. who's just a great person as well. You see it a lot. I think in the, Sport of Washington. We're just a great cross country. Just a great group of people. Really supportive. Uh, but going back to Washougal in that same exact race, this Washougal group, they won their first conference title in six, seven years. I guess it is seven years since it is 2021. They won, they last won their conference championship in 2014. Um, scored an impressive 30 points, defeating Fort Vancouver and four other or five other schools that are in that race. Um, L Thomas, 1813 for a second place run uh, to finish behind Allison Peterson in that race. Oh, excuse me, 1819.9, uh, finishing uh, 16 seconds behind Allison Peterson in that race. 
But what stood out to me the most were Sidney Boothby and Jamie Moss or Mace. 1832 and 1856. As of right now, Washougal is the only team, only girls program in the state with three girls that have broken the 19 minute barrier for a 5k. And I believe they even, they sit fourth right now in the hypothetical, which you would think with three girls breaking 19 minutes, they would be higher than that, but that's not the case. Cause there's another really impressive team Seton Catholic. Um, that's really good and has done really really well this season but yeah have we talked about seeing catholic before <laughs> well I, I i don't know maybe i it might be alex mcintyre's favorite t- team so he hasn't been on the show to talk about them for a while yeah. but this wash google team they're young they got two freshmen and a sophomore going one two three for them um sub 19 minute times for a 5k only team in the state to have that so far three girls it's pretty impressive yeah, that's Fantastic. I'm sure practice must be you know, a lot of fun just them pushing each other uh, to get that. So it's a legit time. I'm sure they've got their four or five who are working just as hard trying to catch them. So who knows, maybe by the end of the year, they'll have, uh, they'll have five. When you, when you think of the GSL, which rivalry do you think of that stands out to you, the classic rivalry, at least on the girls' side? Well, girls' side, I don't know too much about the I think the GSL, everyone hates each other. But I think a rivalry might be like LC or Lewis and Clark and CV, Central Valley. Well, the last week's meet of the week was Mead, Lewis and Clark, and Central Valley. That was a good one right there. Um, Lewis and Clark's Audrey Thronson won the individual 5K race. Mead's uh, twin duo of Elena and Alexa Parker finished second and third. But the Central Valley girls, this is a strong group and what would have been uh, their first team probably to get back to the state meet since 2016. Uh, all top five finished in the top 10. Um, really, really strong group. And I say they're strong because I, I talk about the pack mentality. I believe their f- five women spread was, uh, I want to say, 50 seconds, 50 seconds. Another saw not not far apart from each other to – um, get the win. Um, but Central Valley did have to work for it though. Cause they only beat me by three points, 31, 34. Again, another race. I wish I could have attended and see, um, but I had to work at a ba- uh, soccer game that day, but talking about two programs that have been historically good Central Valley and Mead, And of course, Lewis and Clark too. Lewis and Clark just didn't have their day. They, uh, Central Valley beat them 20 to 43. And I think Mead beat them 20 to 43, but that is your, classic gsl when you're talking about history that's your classic race right there yeah i wish you know we talked about a state meet but even a regional meet because i know richland high school down here has a great girls team i would have been would have been fun to watch them race uh, cv and, and meet this year it would have been a great race pretty close now i want to talk about a girl race that you saw in person and that's kennewick's uh macy marquart and Richland's Natalie Rosalsius. What was your biggest takeaway from that race? And going in, I knew I talked about this a bit last week. Macy's great. Uh, Natalie's great. Uh, I thought Natalie was going to come away with the win. Honestly, if you had asked me before the race, who's going to win? I think it's going to be close, but I think you know Natalie just has a history, strong runner. She would have won, but Macy proved me wrong about. Kind of think a little over the halfway mark, so about 900 meters into the race, uh, Macy tripped and was sprawled out. You know, scraped up her hands and her knees, and uh, 
got up. She was probably, she, when she got up, she was in like fourth, still pretty close to the winner. I'm sure she just had a bunch of adrenaline going because she just shot right back to the front um, and was right there with Natalie. They were with each other for about the two mile mark is when they see really uh, broke away and really started to push. And once she started going, you know, she didn't look back. She just looked super strong the whole way. Ran an incredible time. It's a fast course, but still 1744, no matter where you run it, is. 42, sorry, 1742. It's absolutely incredible. It's almost like COVID. It's kind of a blessing if you think about it. These athletes have just, whatever's motivated them, like a Macy Marquardt, or even someone like from Roosevelt, Claire Archer, who just ran another personal best time of 1754. I don't know if you saw that on the Instagram page, but uh, the Roosevelt girl, she's she's legit. But for some reason, these these athletes are running faster than expected. We talk about this all the time. And now we expect them to run this fast because they just go above and beyond our expectations. Honestly, I'm surprised. Um, I mean, obviously you have your handful of athletes who are just, they just think differently than other people. I mean, with this whole COVID situation, we've had a handful of guys who would have been on our varsity, but you know, they quit. They stopped running. They said in the fall, you know, I don't want to do this anymore just because, you know, they got tired of working hard and then having things canceled and we couldn't guarantee any sort of season, no matter how much we tried to amp them, amp them up. So for the people who chained through and stay motivated, it's great to see them rewarded with these opportunities. So right on you guys. There's another top performance I want to talk about. And I didn't see this till this week and she actually ran I think she might've ran a faster time, maybe a little bit off of her new personal best, but and I'm surprised I missed this uh, and didn't acknowledge it at all in last week's episode, but this is Lincoln of Seattle, which is, it's kind of a new high school. It, it, Lincoln was around for a little bit and then they shut it down, but now it's back up and running again. So now we have two Lincolns in Western Washington, Lincoln of Tacoma and Lincoln of Seattle. That's but this incoming freshman, Taylor Braster, if you don't know the name, 1812.3 for a new 5K and school record as she ran. Freshman, 1812. Wow. Uh, I, again, I feel stupid for not acknowledging her last week when she ran. I think it was like 1818 or something like that. Um, dumb on me to miss that because I. anybody out there that knows me, I am on top of that stuff and sees that stuff when I see a fast time, I'm like, Oh, I got to acknowledge that. Well, I messed up this time and didn't acknowledge it. So I'll acknowledge it this week, but Taylor Braster, uh, 1812.3 for a 5k. That's, that's something that's something right there. It's, and we've, we talked about athletes like her L Thomas, the future is bright. And we always wonder what it's going to be like after like athletes like Ali Janke, Amy Eloise, Neal, Maddie Myers graduate. What's, What's it going to look like? Like, what's it, what's, what are these athletes going to do? Are they going to, are they going to be not as good? Are they going to be as good or be better? They're answering our question right now. They're, they're as good and possibly could be better. Yeah, they're absolutely phenomenal. Um, again, just working hard and taking care of every opportunity they get is fantastic. Then Skyline's Lauren Holford, which is a junior this year, uh, she drops her 5K 
PR down by 34 seconds, running 18-17. Another runner who's just getting better and better. Um, on the team side, at least, defending 4A champs, Redmond, they got they lost to Eastlake, um, which, in fact, actually, Eastlake was without Emily Van Valkenburg for that race. So it was, it was kind of surprising to see Eastlake pull off that race, especially against a Redmond squad that they have the tricky trio of Chloe Connolly, uh, Leah Hargraves, and Sophia Dahl. Although Sophia Dahl didn't race that well in that. I think she was fifth on the team for Redmond. So that kind of hurt them a little bit in team scoring. But yeah, Eastlake's a good squad. Just was really surprised that Emily Van Valkenburg didn't race and they were able to pull off a win against what is a really good squad in Redmond. And that's what's fan- and we've said this before on previous podcasts, but that's what's great about these small uh, races is it creates these opportunities for these upsets you wouldn't normally expect or, or see. So um I'm not sure if typically these leagues have smaller leagues anyways, like the GSL, but I'm pretty sure most of them have races of four to five on a typical season. So it's great to see these really like try meets and the teams just taking advantage of it. And cross country is concluding for a lot of these schools this week, which just then brings us right into track season. Now, some of us aren't done with cross country. Like obviously the GSL is not done. The Metro league is still continuing to do what they're doing. Um, but to tr- transition from a sport known to have strength and then go to a sport that's predominantly speed, how do you, what do you tell your kids and how do you adjust the training format for them? Because as a coach, that seems like that's, that's a challenging thing. I mean, a lot of it, it's not like we're surprised that track is around the season or around the corner um, the next season. It varies on how you, you prep the guys. We really haven't done typical cross-country workouts that we would do during the season on a regular season just because we didn't have this real summer buildup we would have liked to have um we've done similar stuff but we've done a lot more honestly shorter intervals uh, just because you know we expect to do well in these cross-country races and we want to be prepped for fast times right around the corner so I'm not sure how other teams are doing it, but I can speak for what we're doing, where honestly, we're, when track rolls around, we're, we'll be ready. I'm, I'm actually, I'm excited to see the transition from cross track because we are getting these fast times right now. What, what could kids do on the track on a faster surface and shorter races? Now, some prefer probably the cross country season over track, but for those that are, 16, 800 type runners. I mean, those are my races in high school and I love watching those races. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for, I think the front, the front ends always get me fast no matter where you stick the season. But the back half of some of these JV or varsity squads where typically it's harder to get them to show up during the off season, but their off season for track was this cross country season. So now they've got this great base from these three, 5K races. And they're, I think, in the, overall in the back half of Washington for this spring season, it's going to be phenomenal. You'll probably see a lot more people run under five minutes who typically would be maybe around 4 or excuse me, 5.30 during a regular season. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Again, the front end is always going to be phenomenal. You know, we've seen throughout the cross-country season, you have a weird winter season 
the front guys are going to be dominant. They're going to train well, no matter what. But the back half is what I'm really excited to see. I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that you consider a JV level runner. Maybe this is a Kamaikin, a 430 guy, but, and I know you I, went, I misspoke. I didn't mean 430. I meant, I meant 530. I'm I was sorry. like, what kind of JV guys you got going on at Kamaikin? Cause I'm like, damn, that's, that's fast yeah. for a JV runner. Why is he not varsity? Maybe the last three years, but this year I guarantee you. Man, wouldn't everybody just love to have a JV, their, their eighth guy on a cross country team run 430 and say, yeah, that's my JV guy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would like that except for the JV guy. Coach yeah. the JV guy is like, I'm just going to transfer across this, that move across the street and go to a different school where I can be varsity. Yeah, let me just let me just transfer to some some other school. Maybe I'll go to our rival school, who's maybe not as good as us, and I'll, I'll prove you guys that I'm I'm a varsity caliber runner. Can I train with you guys, but just go run for a different school? Yeah, exactly like that. A lot of content we talked about today. Um, Give me your final thoughts, Kyle, NCAA cross country or the the virtual state meet or just week six recap. Honestly, I'm sad to see cross country coming into our end here. I feel like we just started, which is kind of just did. Um, but especially NCAA cross country, it's fun to talk about, fun to look at. Outdoors is right around the corner for everyone now. I said, what's really be exciting is now we won't have at that top level of the NCAA. You won't have the indoor and cross country races. You know, after. everyone will just be outdoors. We're really looking forward to that. Um, really happy how Washington was represented represented at the NCAA level. I know the Gonzaga guys didn't quite have the race I was hoping they'd have, and I'm sure they were hoping they'd have. But sometimes that's just how things go as a difficult course for everybody, but uh, really, really happy for the season that we had. Cause I honestly was not expecting to have an indoor or cross country season. And I, I did, and I totally forgot to do this at the beginning of the show, but I wanted to give a couple of shout outs to a couple of indoor all Americans, uh, Colton Johnson, all American in the three K and the five K, I believe Olivia Markazich, uh, all-American in the 3K for Notre Dame. Uh, and then Heather Hansen from Anacortes High School. I would have never expected this. Heather was good in high school, but she's – whatever she's doing at BYU, continue to do because it's it's some good work that she's doing so far for the BYU Cougars. Um, props to her. She was second-team All-American in the mile. And then just to give a shout-out to a thrower out there from Everett High School, uh, Weight throw, he was second team All-American. Props to him. I don't have his name off the top of my head, but always cool to see the local people getting recognized at the national level. So that's going to wrap it up for our show today. For Kyle Paulson, this is Keenan Gray saying thank you for tuning in to the rundown here on The Runner Washington. It is your home for high school cross country and track and field here in the state of Washington. Be sure to visit the website at www.therunnerwa.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Have a great late St. Patrick's Day since this episode is going to be released today or tomorrow, wherever the heck you are. Um, Enjoy the last couple weeks of cross country. Track and field is right around the corner, so we'll switch gears and get onto the track. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week.